All right, let's get into uh, Health Naturally. Dennis Stewart is here. Good afternoon, Dennis. Always a pleasure to see you, sir. Very nice to see you, Mark. You were very well dressed again, as usual, in oh. your black T-shirt and black uh, earphones and black hair. You look pretty good, mate. <laughs> that's look it. Pretty that, good. That's it. Uh, but, mate, we're into December now, so only a few sessions yeah. uh, for the year. Can you believe it? I know the years has, has really disappeared mm, on us. Mm, mm. But look, throughout the year, you've made quite a few recommendations. Yes. And I'm imagining that you've received a bit of feedback from some of those recommendations as well. Look, that's the interesting thing about the program. The people coming into my rooms at New Lambton or ringing up. I had a lady drop in a, a block of chocolate for me the other day, a regular listener. Oh, good on uh, you. Grateful for the information that we spoke about. So I thought in the last couple of sessions we have before I finalise this year, we might look at some of the recommendations and some of the supplements and herbs that we talked about and from which we have received some very, very valuable uh, feedback. You're ready to keep going, Dennis. I know you're ready to get into some calls here. <laughs> All right. Too. Good afternoon, Jane at Wall's End. Uh, how can Dennis help you today, Jane? Oh, hi, Mark. Hi, Dennis. Hello, um, I've recently been diagnosed with functional neurological disorder. Mm. I have internal tremors. Uh, they believe it was resulting from a stroke I had about 18 months ago, okay. um, and they're gradually getting worse. Uh, sleep is quite difficult, and I can't relax. I cannot stop. You're constantly on the move, so to speak. Yes. Now, um, the treatment you're receiving, medication-wise... Um, he offered me a drug, which I, uh, at the time, uh, knocked back because he said not only would it dull the inside, it would dull me, and I'm quite a goer. I get up and do heaps of stuff, and I said I didn't want that strong a drug. So at the moment, I'm trying to cope on my own. Okay. Now, the internal tremors, they interfere with your sleep. Do they manifest themselves anywhere else in your gastrointestinal system or with your breathing yes. or anything like that? Yes, um, uh, IBS. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought yes. might be the major uh, area. Look, it's not a condition that um, I know a lot about, um, but when they talk about a functional neurological disorder, it, it means that it's manifesting itself uh, in a number of ways, but not in any specific um, condition that can explain it all. So you have a, a condition that's affecting, as I interpret it, um, you personally, your gastrointestinal system, your nervous system, all that pertains to you is in a state of, of constant uh, neurological activity. As far as the IBS is concerned, which I would interpret as one aspect of it, IBS being irritable bowel syndrome, which is characterised very, very frequently by, by spasm, by colic, by um, accelerated mobility of the gut. I think that I would be falling back on a, on a group of herbs that we virtually refer to as relaxants. And that's a term that is a good term because uh, many of the herbs that we use have an overall uh, quietening effect on many aspects of nervous system dysfunction. As far as, the, as far as the gut is concerned and the, and the symptoms affecting the gut, remember the remedies that I've spoken about uh, over the year, in particular the, the remedy chamomile, uh, followed up by that remarkable herb lemon balm. Put a, a, a line under lemon balm because if you look up lemon balm in the traditional and even some of the more modern uh, herbal literature, 
you will find that it has very significant abilities to sedate or quieten down overactivity of the gastrointestinal okay. tract. It's, it's a beauty, not well known, but well presented in the British herbal pharmacopoeia and in the literature of, of modern Western herbalists such as Simon Mills. I would see it and chamomile as having some potential as quiet achievers in settling down some of the uh, overactivity, the anxiety-based symptoms, the neurological symptoms affecting the gut. I think that would be a useful way of looking at it. As far as the overall state is concerned, the overall state, there are two herbs that uh, I have great confidence in that I prescribe very frequently for disorders um, of, a, of a puzzling nature but characterised by what you have referred to as, as tremors, and they're the herbs uh, known as wild yam and cramp bark. Now, they're the common names of two American herbs which most Western-trained medical herbalists would immediately think about when they're looking at herbs that have a quietening effect overall on many aspects of the body's functioning. Admittedly, both those herbs are used uh, as quiet achievers in addressing a spasm, colic, overactivity of the, um, of the gynecological system uh, and also in males in addressing aspects of uh, prostate um, overactivity and even in the, in the case of the bladder, irritable bladder. But those two herbs I would see as being ones to think around so try, okay. to, try to summarise it and not suggesting yes. that this is a cure, but none of these herbs are dangerous as far as I'm aware. I've prescribed them all my many years. But think of the herbs chamomile and lemon balm for some of the gut symptomatology and the two remedies, wild yam and cramp bark, for overall remedies that have a, a quietening and, well, that's a good way of put, putting it, a quietening effect on disorders okay. characterised by spasm, anxiety and even perhaps tremor. All right, Jane, best of luck with that. Dennis, I've learned a new word from you there. What's that? Um, symptomatology. Oh, I like well, it. Well, mate, <laughs> you, you're really doing well. Of course, in medical terminology, listeners, well, he's coming on this I'll guy. tell you what, not, not only do I have to pick up that, but um, I, re I have to read your notes on what you want to talk but about you've got today. better. I, I'm I, I realised that. I'm impressed. Um, just imagine if you have... Uh, a, a page of, let's say, Egyptian hieroglyphics, yes. and then turn it upside down. That's yeah. what I'm dealing with here. <laughs> well, I haven't, I haven't studied Egyptology, but uh, I know where you come. Well, yes, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Some more calls coming in, Dennis. Can you handle it? Oh, I think we might be able to do that, Mark. Good afternoon, John at Blacksmiths. Now, your son loves cheese like the rest of us loves cheese, but it, cheese doesn't love him, John. Well, that's the way it's turned out uh, recently, yes. How old is your son, John? Uh, 56. 56? Yes. Okay. Um, how long has he Which had the... Which means I'm a lot older, yes. How long, how long has he had the problem for, John? Well, probably less than 12 months. I mean, he's, he's, he'd have cheese at just about every meal. Okay. Um, okay. But he finds he can't eat pizza, he can't eat this, he can't eat that because... Uh, we've even tried goat's cheese with him, yes. uh, but a lot of that uses milk. Yes. Uh, and I, I've looked at the uh, different ingredients, yes. and some of them have said uh, goat's milk, but he's not going to even try that because it's a fairly uh, drastic reaction that happens to him. When, what, when he takes goat's milk? 
No, no, when he, when he has cheese, cheese of, okay. of any kind. Oh, I see. Um, look, it, it, my response to that would be that he may just be one of those people that is developing uh, an intolerance to a particular line of food and yes. concentrated dairy products. Uh, one of the things that I frequently recommend to people that um, as giving them a trial to go off it um, in order to um, to see if by going off something like that uh, the um, symptoms that they're experiencing subside and very frequently yeah. very frequently that does happen not always but yesterday for instance I saw a young lady in my rooms at New Lambton who had a fairly aggressive uh, skin condition one that I have uh, for many years addressed by suggesting that uh, this young lady's, um, how can I call it, not addiction, but uh, frequent uh, access to dairy products could be uh, one of the things that is triggering some of her uh, skin condition. And she willingly has agreed to give it a break, although in her case, I've suggested that a middle ground might be um, the usage of goat's milk, something that I have considerable confidence in. So it... um, it it could be that he has, over the years, developed just an intolerance for, say, dairy products, or yeah. it may be that the amount of dairy product he's taking um, has a lot to do in stimulating, if you like, some cumulative allergenic possibility. Frequently, as I've seen it, uh, allergies can assert themselves when the eating, say, of a food... Um, can reach the point where the amount that one takes suddenly overwhelms the body's ability to accommodate it and and assimilate it, and it becomes, if you like, an allergen. What I'd be yeah. suggesting to your, to your lad to start with is um, uh, to cut right down or cut out his um, usage of concentrated dairy products for a while, and then and then uh, reintroduce. Um, one form of it, in this case, say a cheese, in small, yep. in small, challenging amounts, and if he's if he's able to tolerate that, it sort of yep. confirms my view that a good food, when eaten too much of, can become uh, something that is potentially allergenic, overwhelming the body's ability to cope with the amount of challenge that it brings to the body. Tell him to give yep. it a break. Give it a break. Yep. Um, well, I, that's what he's done. Yes. Uh, one of the things we suggested to him, and it seems to have, have helped. Good. Uh, he even stopped using full cream milk. Yes. We've got him using lactose-free yes. okay. uh, milk, and that seems to make a difference. But he's not going to try the the uh, the cheese. You know, he, oh, he just, I see. Yep. <laughs> got him worried. Yeah. Well, the best advice that I could give is is what what I have got, and that yep. is given you, and that is to just quietly and gently introduce. One, uh, one form of it in a small amount, test his tolerance. If there's an immediate aggressive reaction, well, unfortunately, cheese is not for him. Oh, I don't. I hope that that's not the case in the end, Dennis, though. I really do. <laughs> Good afternoon, Karen Edwanji. You're on with Dennis now, Karen. Oh, thank you. Oh, hi, Dennis. Hello, Karen. Um, I've just uh, been diagnosed with rosacea on yes. my face, and yes. I'm hoping you can give me some sort of... Um, information on what I should take orally or put on my skin to help. Sure. Um, are you using a cream from your GP? 
No, the GP was actually quite dismissive of it, really. Um, She didn't really even want to have a look because of having to wear the mask still with COVID, but she just said to me, it's probably rosacea, and I have looked it up a little bit on the net, and it does look like that's what it is. Okay. But Uh, she didn't give me any suggestions at all to to help it. Okay. Um, For the sake of listeners, rosacea is a a skin condition. It usually asserts itself facially around the cheeks and on the nose, and it's uh, uh, characteristically red and sometimes even pustular. In, In your case, Karen... The, the dominant symptoms are what, just redness or is it? Yes, yeah, just a little little patches of little, they almost look like there's no pus in them at all, but they're like little red dots and a little bit of a red rash. Okay. Um, not really a rash, but a bit of redness. And now it seems to be moving to my other cheek as well. So. Okay. And you've never had it before? Uh, no, I've had it for a couple of years now, but with COVID, of course, it's sort of, yeah, put a hold on, um, yeah, discussing it really with the doctor to show them. So. Sure. Look, it seems to me that if it is rosacea, and at this stage it seems to be a controversial diagnosis, um, I might just say, and I'm not saying this in any critical way, but uh, diagnosis of skin conditions <clears throat> can be problematical even for our medical practitioners. But assuming that this is a rosacea condition... It seems to be fairly mild. I usually start off using a cream that I had a lot to do in developing called the GA cream. Just write that down. Now, GA cream, yes. GA cream. GA stands for glycerotinic acid or glycorrhizin. And now that might sound a little bit overwhelming, but let me just explain it. Glycerotinic acid is the active principle from the herb licorice. And right. it is popularly used both cosmetically And medically, it was popularly used even in dermatology up until the the overwhelming of a lot of treatments with with steroids. Um, And to a large extent, it it is um, not well known, uh, in my opinion, by either dermatologists or general practitioners. I had a lot to do in uh, reintroducing it into uh, my system and other practitioners also. And um, it is a, a cream that looks, in fact, like a steroid. It, it, it is white. Uh, the glycerotinic content is about 2%, and I mention that because uh, if you have a compounding pharmacist, they might well be able to uh, make this up for you. It's in the, right. the pharmacopoeia literature. GA cream, 2% glycerotinic acid, usually in a, an aqueous zinc base. I have found that very, very successful. In fact, um, my receptionist in in my practice at Warunga, um, uh was a, a lady who managed her uh, long-term rosacea just by the application of what we call the GA cream. Okay, uh, so that sounds good. Because yours is such a, a, a how can I call it, a, a problematical condition as far as certainty in the diagnosis, mm-hmm. it's what I would start with. If you have okay. problems, not get, being able to get it, ring my rooms at New Lambton. A couple of calls coming through, Dennis, and I, I know that uh, you, we wanted to also try and chat about some of the, the, the herbs and recommendations that you've made, one of which uh, we will get to very, very shortly. However, first up, uh, Leslie at Salamander. Good afternoon, Leslie. Good afternoon to you guys, doing a great job as usual. Thank you, Leslie. Look, I've got a, a bit of an out there question for you. Um, I'm, I'm sorry if it doesn't involve a lot of people. 
Um, I have become allergic to knickerbait patches. Oh, yeah. um, and I really need to be on them. I have an operation coming up in a couple of weeks and um, it's a struggle without them. But after being on for, I don't know, maybe an hour or two, I get the itch and then I end up with the little sores, rah, 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 rah. Um, I, is, is there anything in the herbal um, ABC that would help? Okay, the first thing I would ask, uh, Leslie, is um, have you seen your GP or pharmacist about this? Uh, not the pharmacist, okay. but I'm I'm sure that G- my GP I've had for decades, yes. and I kind of think we've switched from taking me off the patches onto other things, which when you have partial dentures, you can't chew gum. Yes. Um, and the other things just don't really do anything. Okay. Um have you uh, have you used any antihistamines along the way? No, no. It, it's it seems as though this is almost like a, a contact dermatitis. Now, um, contact dermatitis is another way of saying a skin condition that is triggered off by the skin being challenged by something that it comes in contact with, and okay. um, uh, sometimes, sometimes. Uh, if that's the case, an antihistamine might uh, sedate it and and keep it a little bit quieter. I, I would be, I'd have a, a talk with your pharmacist about a non-drowsy antihistamine as a starting base to okay. see to see if that um, quietens it down. Does it only occur where you actually apply the patches? Yes. Okay. Have you moved the locations round a bit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I sure have. Okay. Yeah, I've got little little sores in square patches okay. all over the top of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it it seems to me that that um, is is close to the definition of a, a contact dermatitis uh, mm. or an allergy based condition. My immediate thought is uh, an antihistamine. Uh, steroid would be going a bit too far, um, I would think, but your GP would be the best to talk about there. Even the using, perhaps, of a topical application on areas that have been affected, um, your pharmacist, again, might be re- recommend to you a, a very, very low-strength um, cortisone cream as a means okay. of quietening down where the rash had occurred. But the yeah. best that I could recommend would be to interpret it as being close to a contact form of dermatitis and as a result of that, to start with, use an antihistamine which might quieten it down a bit. All right, best of luck, Leslie. Good afternoon, Carol at Curry. Uh, your young grandson has got an issue with cold sores. What's happening, Carol? Oh, yes, thanks. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Hello, Mark. Carol. Um, my 20-month-old little grandson has just is just recovering now from a mouthful of cold sores, oh, especially dear, dear. in the corner of his mouth. Dear, so I just dear. want some advice how to treat that in the future. Hopefully we don't need it. But What treatment has, has your lad had so far, Carol? Um, nothing. Um, just salted water, you know, to try and bathe, you know, oh. at night time. So that's about it. 20 months, uh, he's yeah. very, very young, 
to be mm. looking at some of the things that I normally prescribe and quite successfully for cold sores. Uh, wow. Does he have many breakouts of them, Carol? Uh, Carol, does he get them regularly? Or, or what? No, this is the first time. Okay, has he yeah. been uh, exposed to recurring infections? I guess what I'm saying is, uh, has he been uh, affected by various viruses? Uh, not really, no. No, he's really only just been going to daycare one day a week for the last, I don't know, three months. So um, I suppose they actually thought it was hand, foot and mouth at first. Okay, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, it's a pr unusual, I would think, for a 20-month-old um, child to have a herpes infection. Mm -hmm. did, did the preschool have any suggestions that it might have come through contact with other Children? She hasn't taken him back yet. She went to the GP yes. and did some blood test, uh, yes. a urine test, I think. Yes. And oh, they did a swab, sent that off, and it came back as herpes. Yeah, that's what it, that's what um, cold sores are. Mm. Um, that puzzles me. Um, look, he may not um, get them again, mm. but what you need to perhaps run past your GP is the, perhaps the benefit of placing him on something like the herb Echinacea. Okay. Uh, Echinacea is a good herb, particularly for kids, and particularly for, to, uh, to kids that are exposed to a multitude of pathogens in, say, a childcare situation. Childcare uh, is great, but little kids tend to bring uh, to those uh, places multiple infections, and many yeah. kids tend to go down with them uh, by virtue of contact and mixing amongst it. Uh, echinacea as, as a kid's remedy, and it should be approved by your GP, is what we would refer to as a useful immune system supportive agent so wow. that if the virus were to reassert itself, at least by taking something like echinacea, you're doing something to improve the immune system's response and and if he was also, uh, is he using any uh, vitamin C? Um, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, well, no. it might be useful also to, to get his his mum to discuss with the GP the use of some vitamin C therapy, uh, even a, mm -hmm. a, a liquid um, preparation with vitamin C in it. Vitamin C is a useful vitamin to prescribe with some of the harmless immune system herbs such as echinacea. I think if I, think if I was um, working with this condition, I'd work at it from a prophylactic perspective uh, and see that being on uh, echinacea in, say, drop form together with some vitamin C uh, might be a useful thing to do to abort any future episodes. All right, best of luck there, Carol. Good afternoon, Bob at Westwall's End. Bob, you have issues with your forearms and your fingers? Yes, I've got. I've been diagnosed with uh, bursitis, yes. and uh, my GP put me on a low dose uh, steroid yes. treatment. Yes, and that took the pain there away. But good, I don't want good. to stop on on that. How long so, have you been uh, on it for, Bob? I was only on it for uh, a couple of months. Okay, and and, is, and, is... Then, and what I've done is that uh, I've been off them now for about three months, and I'm putting up with any. The pain's not as, as intense, but I'm still getting a little bit of pain and I'm putting up with it. And I was wondering if there's something you might have that could help. Well, look, by giving you a steroid, they are 
uh, you know, top of the range for acute painful inflammatory conditions such as a bursitis, by being off them you have to say to yourself, what have I got to access that might be useful in uh, carrying on the work of the steroid and lessening or helping lessen the inflammatory activity? I would be suggesting that you think about using some oral uh, medication based on herbs and a couple of the good natural anti-inflammatories are herbs like, and I'll quote them for you, uh, willow bark, particularly the capsule form. Um, that is very, very well documented as a, 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 a very workable anti-inflammatory herb. Also, um, curcumin from turmeric is used as a, a gentle uh, herb with some degree of anti-inflammatory action. They're the two most common herbs that um, people are using today, particularly at the over-the-counter level and even in herbal medicine practice, to address some levels of a painful inflammatory activity. But also what I'd be doing is accessing some topical applications, again from your pharmacist, uh, that have uh, particularly a good level of capsicum in the, in the topical preparation. I spoke last week about the importance of capsicum and its active principles in being able to quieten down um, painful conditions, particularly uh, lingering symptoms of bursitis. Um, it could work a lot more effectively than what you probably appreciate. So a, a good, strong capsicum-based preparation sprayed onto the area or applied to the area. Many of them there are. Pain away is one of them. Um, oh, yeah. They all do a similar job, I would work at that level, uh, get hold of that preparation, support it with oral anti-inflammatories of a gentle nature, which may take some of the discomfort off and give the good work that your GP started with the steroid to, to come to a conclusion. Best of luck, Bob. Health and Naturally, he's answering your questions uh, today. Been quite a lot of them. Good afternoon, Sue at Raymond Terrace. Uh, something oh. happening with your five-year-old your five grandson, Sue? Yes, um, thank you, Dennis, for taking my call. Okay, um, mm. He has um, Malaska contagiosis. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and uh, I've had we've had him to the GP, my daughter. Yes, and um, what she's he said to just use uh, probiotics, yes. and um, also she's using a tea tree wash yes. that she sent away for, and um, and she's keeping them covered. But um, we don't know what else to do. They're okay. still there. Okay. Look, your GP's, in my, in my opinion, is is right there with what she's suggesting. What she's yeah. what she's suggesting by using the probiotics is that she's interpreting the condition, if you like, as a, a condition that may be associated with his immune system and the development of the immune system. And probiotics these days are seen as having a beneficial effect on the total organism uh, rather than just in the past being seen to be useful f for gut conditions. So I, I think your GP is doing the right thing there. And with tea tree preparations, what she's doing there is looking at something that has a broad spectrum potential for many uh, mysterious problematical skin conditions characterised by, by lesions 
that are potentially capable of becoming infected. However, I would be suggesting that you run past your GP just a couple of other things that reinforce where I think she's at as far as her approach to it. I think right. that I think the herb echinacea, and I mentioned that earlier today. Yes, I, I did hear that. I, yes. uh, for in, in my early days of practice in Gosford, I would have seen hundreds of kids that presented at this stage of their life with with random conditions and inevitably where these unusual problematical things were raised, I would use, start using some echinacea and um, I would still be recommending echinacea based on my experience in the past seeing kids uh, in great numbers with things like this. Echinacea is a kid's herb uh, with a good reputation for multiple um, kids' problems that have various uh, pathologies behind them. So I'd be looking at a liquid preparation of echinacea, which is readily available from your health food store. I'd also be suggesting you talk to your GP about an oral supplement, uh, particularly in liquid form, of zinc. Right. Uh, and yes. um, without uh, contradicting what your GP is doing with, with a topical uh, preparation, um, I think also what I'd be uh, raising with your GP is the possibility of using a, um, a cream with some zinc in it, um, which a pharmacist could put together quite easily and give that a bit of a try to see if that also reinforces what your GP is trying to do. Sue, best of luck with all of that. Dennis, we have run slap bang out of time and I know we didn't get to get oh, through a didn't get through a lot of your recommendations. Well, you mm. can come back and do two hours worth next year. Uh, uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> We've got you to an hour, so we'll definitely yeah, do that. Mate, thanks as always. We look forward Thank to you, uh, on the run up to Christmas. We will get to bounce back with some of these That's recommendations. Great. That'll be lovely. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. Dot com.